Welcome to season six of the Life Giver Podcast, a place for honest conversation and hope for your marriage and home. This is your host, Corey Weathers, and I'm a military spouse, clinician, and advocate, and I'm bringing topics that I hear from the service community and counseling room to the podcast. This season, we're talking about what it means to be strong in body, mind, and spirit, and I'm giving you the challenge of rising above your circumstances to become the best version of you. So grab a cup of coffee or head out for that run. We have a lot to talk about. Welcome to the official launch of season six of the Life Giver podcast. This is your host, Corey Weathers. I'm sure if you have been listening to the podcast and following Matt and I as the USO has followed us during our deployment, it seems odd that I am officially launching the podcast with this episode, or at least launching the season with this episode. But um, I'm going to get to a little bit more of that here shortly. But um, it seems like I'm doing things a little bit backwards. And that probably is a great theme for this year, at least for the first quarter. Maybe your life feels like that too, where it feels like things are a little bit backwards and um, your needs are flipped upside down. And now that the world is opening back up, trying to figure out what are those, it's kind of like we're all walking out of a cave and it's just the sunshine is really bright and we're trying to adjust. And so maybe we're all in that um, situation together. But I wanted to do a quick update before I get into today's topic. And that is number one, if you've not gone back and listened to um, the You're Leaving Again series episodes from this season with the USO, please go back and listen to that. Um, It's rare for me to get Matt on the podcast as much as he's been able to participate. And so everybody loves hearing from Matt and hearing his perspective. And so it's well worth going back and listening to especially his um, insight during the deployment and his encouragement. So I hope you've enjoyed that so far. Um, I also wanted to share that at the end of season five, I made an announcement that I had accepted a position with the Taya and Chris Kyle Foundation as their director of programming, and that I was making some big changes where I was kind of putting my counseling and coaching practice on pause and going to try out this full-time job as their director of programming. It is now almost the beginning of June, and I actually wanted to let you know that I resigned from that position in April. So it was a very short stint. It was a very difficult decision to make. Um, It's not one that I made lightly, but it was definitely the right decision for me and the right decision to um, just kind of also take a break. Um, We made that decision and Matt and I were in full agreement that we would take kind of the opportunity in between these roles in a very unique season of life where I'd kind of put a bunch of things on pause to really just sit back and enjoy um, maybe not really heavily working right now. And I haven't done that in probably 20 years. And so I knew if I didn't take advantage of that window of time that it probably would never happen. So we were in complete agreement that I would rest as much as possible coming off of that decision. So that's another reason why um, I'm just now putting out this episode Um, Because I had kind of started that break and I will continue to take that break through July. It doesn't mean that I'm off the grid completely. It just means I've just gone a little bit quieter and not making any huge decisions while I take a break. And so if you have the opportunity to rest and it's not like in the middle of a PCS or during the holiday, I highly encourage it. It is kind of a roller coaster You know, when you're sitting here trying to figure out what to do with yourself, if you've worked full time, especially for a long time. So it was quite an adjustment. But 
Uh, honestly, the deployment was more challenging um, than any of the other deployments that I've been through. Um, I really struggled there towards the end with the number of stressors that were kind of coming at me. And what was interesting is that all of the stressors were not ones that I really created myself. It was just life stressors. It was my kids struggling in school. It was COVID. It was them getting COVID. It was just so many things. And so coming off of this deployment, it was a really just another reason why it was a good opportunity for me to take a break. So I am encouraging those of you out there who maybe are coming off of this COVID season really struggling. Uh, maybe we're going to talk a little bit about that today. Maybe you can help. Um, maybe we can help you identify um, some red flags to assess whether or not you really are struggling. Um, I really encourage you to consider taking those breaks where you can. That's definitely what I'm doing. So um, you might have noticed that there is a um, new album cover for this season. I, I really enjoy every season shaking things up a little bit. I've got a new um, music intro that I'm really excited about. Um, I just was ready to kind of freshen things up and do something um, a little bit different and just evolve the podcast some. It um, The theme for this year or for the season is stronger. And goodness, it could not come at a better time. I definitely don't feel stronger right now, but I think that that's all the more reason why I wanted to really dive into that theme, even though I didn't feel it yet. And I'm wondering if you feel the same way. You probably feel exhausted and you probably feel pulled in every direction. And um, you probably have a lot of need right now, more than you have um, energy to give. However, I think the goal, at least for me this year, for the podcast and what we're going to be talking about is how do we get to this place where we bring purpose out of our pain, bring purpose out of our current struggle so that we can be stronger. You know, if, if we go through this and we didn't learn anything from it, and if we aren't coming out better or on top of it somehow, then what's the point in going through it? At least that's what I tell myself. So this season is um, about growing. It's about leadership. It's about what it takes to get stronger, um, to move forward, to become the better version of yourself. And so you're going to hear stories of leadership. You're going to hear stories of those who have overcome. It's not going to be a heavy interview um, season. Um, it's going to be just kind of sprinkled with some interviews. Um, the next episode that will be coming out after this one is with Dan Schilling, who um, was a special operations service member who was actually in the battle that's now known as Black Hawk Down. You're going to hear um, about his life and his latest book that I know is going to help you guys um, in the next episode. And so I have a lot of other ideas of topics and guests to bring you this season. But that's the theme. And I really also wanted this season to be for everyone. So not just for spouses, but that are topics that you could share with your service member if you are a spouse. Um, I want this to be a season where it really welcomes everyone, male or female, service member or spouse. And so if you have ideas on topics, I would love for you to share them with me. Um, but I think for today, what I wanted to get into is um, really a good assessment of of where we are right now coming out of COVID. And, um, and hopefully it will encourage those of you who are feeling some of these feelings and having some of these thoughts. Um, I've been invited lately to join the conversation on what's happening in the culture. And so I've had to do a lot of thinking about not only what am I seeing as I'm 
talking to other people or what I've personally experienced, but also testing out what I, the theory of what I think is happening as I um, have and continue to have some speaking engagements and, and really kind of get a sense from the culture of where we're at. So um, there's definitely some of you guys out there that are doing really well who thrived through the last year. You know, there was a great SNL skit that was um, that came out this past week that was great. Um, the cast members had kind of gotten together and they were kind of all taking a moment to share what the last year has been like for them. And everybody was talking about how difficult and challenging it was. And then there was the one person who said, actually, it's been a great year. But I guess that's not a popular thing to say out loud. And so it was kind of this funny moment of, you know, for those of you who really thrived and did well this year, you may feel like you're the minority. Um, and you probably are, and that's okay. And I don't want you to minimize that experience as you share it with others. Don't make yourself, your experience less than in order to sound like you're struggling as much as everybody else if you're not. Um, but practicing that empathy of being able to say, it's okay that you're not, that you're not doing so well, or that you are struggling, or there were certain variables or, or things going on in my life that made it a little bit easier than for someone else. Um, it's okay as long as we share the empathy for each other and not, um, there's enough labeling and judgment going on around in our culture across the board that we don't need more of that. Right. I agree. So, um, I wanted to share with you kind of my assessment of what's going on, um, especially if you are a leader and you're trying to figure out how do I get volunteers back in? How do I get community started again where I'm at? How do I plug back in? How do I emerge from my own house again? How do I get my kids where they want to connect again? Um, these are all very important questions that I hope to be able to um, share with you, um, share some solutions on. So first of all, um, let me just start off with the fact that I would say a majority of our culture across the board, as far as just Americans and probably globally too, but I'm going to just speak for our service community. Um, everybody is really struggling. Um, it has been a very, very tough year and you don't need me to say that. Um, but the perspective that I want to give here is that when COVID first happened, the military lifestyle um, specifically was already challenging. It was already a burden, especially especially for spouses at home to carry the weight of what they were carrying. If you were relocating a lot, um, there was also that burden as well. And of course, for service members, there was um, the burden of the job and what it was asking of, of you and your family. And so when COVID first happened and everybody went on lockdown, we kind of had this two to three week moment of kind of joking around saying, you know, if, if anybody can help the civilians through this, then the military families can. And that was great for about two weeks, maybe three before we realized the military was not shutting down and the tempo was not going to stop. And so PCS has continued to happen. And we had um, deployments that were continuing and trainings that were continuing. The military did not stop. And so what we saw happen was military families continued to carry or shoulder the weight of the of the military lifestyle with what COVID was asking family members on top of that. So when COVID happened, I think what really was stressful, and I've mentioned this previously in um, the last season, was that everything that we had farmed our farmed our needs out to, um, to the community were taken from us. So in other words, 
your coach that taught your kids soccer or your youth leader that was helping with spiritual formation with your kids or your church where you found community or your salon, you know, that helps you with your hair because you don't have the talent to do it or your gym that supplied the classes and the the weight equipment, everything that you needed in order to not just survive, but also do well in life um, was stripped away. And so it wasn't just the resources and what you need needed or the people that you needed to kind of be the village to your family and and for you. It was also where you found fun and recreation and escape and, and all those things that actually make your life a little bit better was taken away too. And so that's hard enough. But on top of that, those of you who are managing the home then had to become all of those people to your family. So you become the soccer coach if you want to keep your kids' skills um, sharp. You become the school teacher that's helping them with virtual school. You become the spiritual formation leader if church is not um, functioning or working or open. Um, you have to then now figure out what are you, what are you going to do to work out? And um, are you buying gym equipment and trying to create the space that you need? And, and how do you redefine? what brings you joy and and opportunities for you to escape and have date nights. All of that creative energy is now on you to create that for you instead of where we resourced it out to other people to support us with all that. And it was honestly, I think, too much for any person or their psyche to handle to in an instant go from having a lot of the resources that you need. And here's what's interesting for especially military families, there was a lot of complaining initially that we didn't have the right resources or enough resources, even though there was a ton of programming we weren't accessing. Um, But we, looking back, had far more than we even imagined when now you don't have the hair salon and the gym and the basic needs that you really need to do well. I mean, you were kind of, you you had all those basic needs met by the community or you at least knew how. Um, It was just the things on top of that that you were then looking for the resources. So now we have none of those resources whatsoever. So that's when I really started to see families decline is... um, being all things, literally all things to everyone and having so much on your shoulders all of a sudden, not to mention the fear or if you went through loss um, where you were losing family members. I mean, there's so many variables. Every story that I've heard of someone's year has been different. You may have gotten COVID. Your kids may have gotten COVID. You may have lost a family member. I know of a good friend of mine who got COVID herself who was in the hospital for what seemed like forever. And she was so healthy before she went in. It was just devastating to watch. And she's fine now, but dealing with some long-term complications because of it. It just shook everyone. Um, And you can't live in any state of fear, whether you were on the the left or the right. Um, There was a a fear-based mentality of how do I make the right decision? So not only were we all things to all people, but everything that we did was motivated based off of love and fear all at once. And, And you'll hear that some people say that, you know, those are your two biggest motivations to doing anything is fear or love. And in this case, we were being motivated by both at the same time. So as people started to decline, Um, that's when I really started to even burn out myself because all of my sessions in the fall were, um, everybody was struggling with the same things. I was also struggling with the same things that my clients were, which is 
probably the first time ever, all of my sessions were the same topic. And I'm also going through the same thing myself as the clinician. So it was a very unique time to be a helper where you are going through the same thing your clients are and, and you are struggling to find answers just as much as they are. And so I think that also contributed to my burnout of, I needed to take a step back and reevaluate because um, there's only so many times that we can say, go outside, go for a walk, get a, a breath of fresh air, def- find some new hobbies, all of those things um, before you realize just none of it's working and we're waiting out um, a very challenging season. So I'm not going to leave you in like the pit of despair today, but I want us to talk about burnout. I want us to talk about um, how we're really doing. Um, Matt and I asked on Facebook for, for you guys to help us with a stress inventory for service families. Um, this is an inventory that, um, I've shared on the podcast before, um, a professor 20 years ago, Matt and I were in a class together in college where she gave us this very same stress inventory and it asks these major life events that have happened if they've happened in the last six months. And you're supposed to circle those events if they've happened in the last six months and each of them carry, you know, a numerical weight, a value, and then you add up everything that's happened to you in the last year or six months. And then it tells you, you know, have you basically, have you gone through too much (laughs) in a year? And so this stood out to me when I was back in college, because I don't remember what I scored, but since then as a military spouse and all the big things that we go through every year, I've always, always kind of looked back on that inventory going, man, I wish I could find it and take it again because our families, for goodness sake, um, go through more than anybody should have to go through in a year. So we found that inventory or Matt found the inventory and we asked you guys to take it because we were very curious as to like what, um, everybody else's experiences were because Matt and I, we definitely have been through the ringer. I mean, we, yes, we went through COVID, but we also moved and our children started new schools and I started a job. I left a job. Um, there was just so much happening. We went through a deployment. And so we knew that our numbers were going to be high. Um, but we wanted to see what your numbers were going to be. And so the end of the assessment says that if you um, have 300 points or more, then it raises your odds to 80% that you are 80% likely to have a stress-induced health breakdown. Now, Matt and I both scared, we both scored that 80% or higher, um, that we were likely to have a stress-induced health breakdown within the next two years, or at least within the next year. And so that's just crazy to me. And yet I'm not surprised at all. Um, And what does a health breakdown even mean, right? Does it mean um, a heart attack? Does it mean um, anxiety, depression? It can mean so many things. It could mean um, however anxiety and stress impacts your body. So adrenal fatigue is a huge thing nowadays. Um, So there's lots of um, ways that this could impact you that only you and your doctor could probably figure out how it's manifesting in your body. But if you scored 150 to 300 points, then you had a 50% chance of a health breakdown. And then if it was 150 or less, then it's a relatively low amount of life change and a low, um, low opportunity for a health breakdown. So here are the results. Are you guys ready for this? This is crazy. Um, By the way, um, I had a huge number of supporting spouses that took this, which is, again, I would love for you guys to share um, the podcast more and share when we put things out. We'd love to get more serving spouses um, just 
participating in either the podcast and just sparking conversation in your marriage. But also I would have loved to have had even more serving spouses take this assessment. But I think what's happening for the supporting spouse shows a lot of what's generally happening in the home as a whole. Um, I would say 71% was the conventional military. We had a little bit of first responders in there. We had about 12% was special operations and um, and some other National Guard, about 10% National Guard or reserves. And I loved the fact that as far as branches go, it was pretty um, spaced out, which I was so excited about. We need a few more Coast Guard and Marines, um, you know, participating. But overall, it was a really great um, representative of of all the branches, which is fantastic. And also um, the number of years that your spouse has served, you or your spouse has served, was also um, pretty well evenly distributed. So that was great to see. So there were some new new spouses or new families in there, uh, as well as those that were kind of close to retirement. So um, that shows just how much um, when, we, when we get to what were the overall results, I think it will kind of show you regardless of the season of life that you're in, that everybody has been going through a lot more probably than we're talking about. Rank again was also across the board, pretty evenly distributed, which made me super happy. So as far as the results go, this is so fascinating to me. Only 18% of those that took this assessment, by the way, we had 183 that took it. And then I have another 170 that are special operations by just on its own. Um, but I had a great conversation with Rochelle Futch who helped me and she shared some of those results with me. And so she said it was pretty consistent with what I was seeing for conventional as well. Um, but only 18% scored 150 or less. So that means only like less than 20%, like one out of five, one out of five military families are have like a minimal amount of stress. So that means four out of five are going through something significant. That is huge. And we should talk about that. Um, <clears throat> 36, actually I could round it up to 37%. Um, actually, no, let's see, 45%, 45% had a 50% chance of a health breakdown and it was 37% had an 80% chance of a major breakdown. So that means combined, um, what are we looking at? Let's see, 80%. Yeah, I can do math. (laughs) 80% of our force has been through so much stress, they are likely to have a health breakdown in the next couple of years. That is so significant. Please hear what I'm saying right now. Is I mean, if you are one of those families, you know it's not a surprise that you've been through that much stress. But just kind of like branch outside of your own family's experience and realize that your neighbor or those that you are um, meeting with on the installation, that they are also going through a significant amount of stress. What I also thought was interesting, you know, that um, that top number where it said 300 points or more. Um, when I asked people what their actual numbers were, I mean, the numbers just varied all over the place, but I, I want to just throw out a few numbers that were higher than 300 points, um, because I want you to hear just how significant and how high those numbers actually were. So for example, remember 300 points or more, and you have an 80% chance of a major health breakdown. Okay. So here's some of those numbers, 553. 374, 429, 468, 
Um, let's see, where's another one? 359, 382, 452, 410, 435, 505. Um, I mean, I could go on and on and on, but when we have numbers that are going into over 500, <laughs> that is crazy to me that people are on the brink of falling apart. And by the way, these are not people that are necessarily actively in counseling. You know, I had somebody ask me the question, you know, did I think that um, the majority of what I was seeing from the culture were from those who were actually just seeking the help? And so I was kind of getting more of the negative um, feedback because of um, the state that a family would be in by the time they're going to counseling. And that's a valid question. I think about it all the time, wondering if my perspective on the culture is skewed because I'm really seeing a majority of the people who are actually needing the help. But I'm also seeing people as I'm going to speaking events or small small groups or small circles of people that aren't getting counseling. And so I've test out these questions and theories with people as I have the opportunity to. And I would say when I look even at these responses across the board, people really are struggling just as much as we think that they are. And that is significant. Um, I think the last thing that I want to say about um, kind of what's the contributing factors of our families declining in stress right now is I have to give credit to Matt because he's the one that pointed this out to me this morning is that, you know, for those, who, this is just a theory. So I'm just throwing it out there, but for those who've been kind of stationary for a period of time, let's say you've been where you are for a couple of years, maybe you know who that soccer coach is and you have established, you know, a home church, or you kind of found your group of friends to hang out with. Um, I think that those family, and I would include civilians in that, have done a lot better in the last year because they already had those resources and relationships intact. But my bigger concern are those families kind of like our family who went through a major military lifestyle change um, since COVID happened, where you moved to a new location and had to start over. And so, you know, usually when you start over in a new place, it, even though we try to rush it, it takes a good year to find your group of people, to find your friends. Um, maybe after the six month mark, you're getting a little bit more vulnerable and testing out those relationships. You're trying to get settled in the school, settled in sports, settled in doctor's appointments and all of that within the first year. It's not really until the second year that things deepen and you feel a little bit more secure and stable. Now, of course, those of you who move as much as we do every two years or so, you know, that makes sense of why you're constantly stressed and why you feel isolated if as soon as you create that community, you then have to leave it. But for those of us who had that major change during COVID, what happened was you didn't get a chance to do all those year of firsts. You didn't have, yes, you had to find doctor's appointments, but not necessarily the community as easily. It took a long time for sports to start off start up. And I even heard today that um, for those of you out in JBLM, that things are just now starting to open up or just consider going back to school. And so while here in Texas, everything like opened probably a little too fast. So everybody's experience is different as far as um, whether or not they've even had access to forming that community. So for those of you who moved in the last year or had to start over in the last year, you know, we're, we're a year in and we are just now starting our first year of engaging in the community. And if you are on a quick move cycle where you might have to move again in the next year, well, 
we could have families that are going to go on almost three years of a lack of high quality community for three years. And that is going to take a significant toll on families if they if it's been three years since they've had a true deep connection within their community face to face. So those of you who are leaders really pay attention to that, because if you have families that are rapidly moving, a lot of our leadership is rapidly moving. Um, reach out to those people because they are genuinely going to be in a tough spot, I believe. So. Now that we've taken some time to talk about the stress and where we're at and really doing assessment on that, um, I wanted to share a couple of things that have been on my mind as far as ways to move forward. Definitely self-care is something we've got to continue. Um, I've been asked to do a lot of information and briefings on self-care. And I think for a lot of us helping professionals, we're tired of saying the same thing a million times, which is take care of yourself, get outside, go for a walk, do what you enjoy. But there is a dilemma when people don't know what it is that they enjoy. And so you may not be somebody who actually knows um, what you what you would turn to if you actually had time to do it, right? And that's not just supporting spouses. There are so many service members that don't know what their hobby would be. They don't know how they would spend their time. And so it's pretty easy to just go to video games or, or to go to Netflix or um, just kind of piddle around the house because we haven't done a proper assessment of what brings you joy in the first place. And so I think that's step one. We've got to do a self-assessment to figure out where are we really? How stressed are we really? Do you need help in reaching out to someone um, and, and advocating that for yourself and not being ashamed of it? And just even if it's just to go to a counselor and decompress and vent and talk about how alone you feel, or even if you, even if you just have to go and practice what it means to have a face-to-face -face conversation again, there's no shame in that. So number one, do a self-assessment on where you are and whether or not you might need some extra help or some extra attention and be compassionate with yourself. You know, you might be going through compassion fatigue if you're taking care of kids and others. And so have compassion for yourself to say, I'm not doing great right now and I'm going to put some focused attention on getting myself to a better place. I think that's how we become stronger. You've got to be that advocate for yourself. No one else is going to do that for you. So do an assessment on how you are. Figure out what you're lacking, whether it's community or opportunities to get your nutrition in line or your, your physical strength in a better place or a place to serve or, or, or just needing your kids to be okay. And so what do you need to do to help get your kids to a place where you can be okay? Do a, a good assessment on that. And then ask yourself, what's the first thing I need to do? Like one action step that will move me forward on um, filling some of those gaps and getting myself to a better place. But number two is asking yourself, if I had the time to take care of myself and just sit in the quiet, what would I want to do? And this is where most people stall because they don't know what they would like to do. So I'm going to encourage you to think about, here's a couple ways that you can figure that out on um, what you might enjoy. Number one, it might be something that's in the back of your mind that you've been wanting to do for a long time and you just haven't done it yet. And it's coming to your mind right now. 
For others of you, I want you to think about when you put your head on your pillow at night, do you ever find yourself kind of going back through your day and kind of kicking yourself because you kind of started off the day with, you know, this is what I would like to do, or here's some goals that I have, or, you know, if I have any time today, here's like two or three things that would really make me happy. And it's those things that you put your head on the pillow and go, man, I didn't do it again. Why do I keep doing that to myself? That's a big sign. Those are things that are important to you, that you value, and that could bring a sense of peace and serenity and joy to your life. And those are what I would call the big three. Thinking of three things that if you ended the day and those three things either got accomplished or you made some progress in those three areas, that it would it would feel like a really good day. So maybe it's taking some time to read or 20 minutes first thing in the morning of just be sitting quietly by yourself and reading or doing a devotional or mapping out your day. Or for maybe some of you, it's um, making progress exercising. And that's something that's really important to you. Figure out what those big three things are and then strive every day to fit in somehow those three things as if those are the most important things because you know that when you put your head on the pillow, you're going to regret that you didn't do them. It's a great way to motivate yourself. But the last way to kind of figure out what that would be is for you to um, think, go back and think about who you were before you were an adult Uh, Maybe it was in high school or college age where before you had responsibilities, before you had kids, maybe before you were married. And um, think back to what your hobbies were, what um, brought you so much joy that tears almost came to to your eyes because you just loved it so much. For so many people um, that I've asked this question they have um, just even welled up in tears in front of me and said things like, oh, I loved music, or I loved this instrument that I played, or I took dance, or I watched dance and it brought me joy. Um, But then they'll say things like, but I'm an adult now, and I kind of threw away those childish things, and I haven't picked it up since. And I'm going to encourage you and challenge you to pick up that thing again, whether it was art or writing or music or it doesn't matter what it is. Obviously, if it's super expensive, you got to find some ways to work with that. But I want you to consider what it would be like for you to get back involved in that. I have um, a friend who's in her 50s who just when I asked her that question, she just talked about how she wanted to do ballet and she took classes and loved it. And so we talked about it and she's been practicing her her ballet movements using a YouTube video since and has loved it. Somebody else mentioned that they loved piano and they they played by ear, but they never had a chance to actually learn it. And so they're going to go back and learn it. Um, for me during the deployment, it was the cello for some reason, you know, when I was a kid, I loved the cello, but for some reason I picked up the violin instead and didn't do the cello. And here I am 44, still loving the cello and I never picked it up. And I just, you know, Matt helped me make this decision, but I was like, you know what? Like I still have time to learn the cello. So we rented a cello and I've been practicing almost every single day. And it's not for anybody. I'm not going to perform for anybody. Um, you're not going to see me on YouTube playing the cello. It's genuinely just for me. And I'm just loving, even though I'm squeaking and, and bare bones beginner, you know, it has just been such a joy to feel like I'm making progress in something that I always wanted to do. So um, if this resonates with you, I'm going to encourage you to kind of reconsider what that is and go back to that first love 
it was that longing was created in you um, for a reason. And um, maybe it's not such a childish thing to go back to. Again, you're not aiming to be like um, the most amazing ballet dancer in the world. It's just doing something that you enjoy and that you appreciate. So um, part of that self-care is knowing what brings you joy. The third and last thing that I kind of wanted to cover today is the importance of community. We are all going to be stepping out of our caves and trying to figure out community again, and it's going to be more challenging than you think. For some of you, you've already been you know, involved and heavily involved in, in maybe your kid's school and in your community. It may not be as big of a challenge for you as it might be for others, but maybe that's a call to empathy for those who are going to struggle. So um, first things first, our experience and our appreciation of community um, is largely dependent on what generation you are in. For those of us who have been in the military, especially before social media came on the scene, um, we had a deep appreciation for the service community and how the village really served each other and stood in the gap and you know, came together when it really mattered and we helped with kids and meals and life. And, and really there was no way to do anything if you didn't have somebody right there face to face in front of you. And then there's the newer generation that's come in that grew up on social media and grew up on digital platforms. And your experience of community is different as well. There is something that we can learn from every generation, um, but we are going to be moving from a digital form of community to a face-to-face, -face, and we need that, and we need that balance. And so I'm encouraging whichever generation that you are in to consider the importance and value the importance of face-to-face -face again, and um, look for opportunities to bring face-to-face -face community and connection back. Those of you who are introverts are going to have a hard time reaching out to your neighbors, but it is so important. And isn't it always worth it, right? So even if you don't want to go to that coffee group or you don't want to go say hi to your neighbor or you don't want to go outside where the kids are playing and talk with the other adults, I get it. This is a hard transition to make, but it is so important and valuable and we need it desperately. Those of us who do know the value of community, it's going to be our responsibility to kind of teach the younger generation the value of it. It may feel like us going to the younger generation and saying, hey, it's totally worth it. If you will just come with me to this event, you'll be so glad that you came. And it's through those experiences that they will also grow in their value of face-to-face -face community. I think we would all agree that we are all Zoom fatigued. We are all virtual fatigued. And that is fair. And it will be an asset that we should continue to use and continue to benefit from. But as the world comes back online, um, let's use that asset, but let's also be kind to each other as we are adjusting to community and what face-to-face -face looks like. Let's have the courage to show up for the events that um, those in your community are trying to put on to help you have a place to go and have something to do. Um, we're all testing the waters on what um, what the community actually needs. So um, be graceful if things are not perfect. Um, it's it's still a very raw time for everyone. So those would be the big three things that I just wanted to kind of share with you as far as 
Um, if you need to kind of make some decisions and take some steps forward to get yourself in a better place, um, there's no shame in asking for professional help. Um, but really this is also about you being self-aware to know where are you, what state are you in and what do you need to do to get yourself to a different state? It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be worth it for sure. I know in hindsight, when all of this calms down, we're going to look back on this time and we're going to say that was terrible. Um, however, it's in those moments of chaos and uncertainty and suffering that we are creative and figure out a way and we learn something about ourselves that we didn't know we needed to learn. And so I think in hindsight, you're going to realize that this year was a time for you to grow. You just didn't realize that you were growing. And I'm so excited and looking forward to meeting you guys um, again or for the first time and hearing about how much you've grown since all of this has happened. So even though we might be still in the middle of chaos, remember, it's chaos that brings us all together and it's chaos that gives us opportunities to grow and actually become stronger. So um, thank you guys for joining me for this season six launch. Um, I'm so excited about the theme and the topic. We could all use some new ideas and some new motivation and inspiration on how to become the stronger version of ourselves. I think you will probably hear me throw in some strengths language throughout the season, probably maybe hearing about some superheroes in there too. We got to do that just for the fun of it. Um, but it should be an opportunity to invest in you to become the leader that you need to be and want to be for your home, for your marriage, for your job, if you're working, for your community, or for whatever role that you've taken on. Thank you guys for joining me. Um, it's an honor to serve you. Um, I hope to see you at some of the in-person events that I um, actually are, that I, it's on my calendar happening this fall. I'll share more about that in future um, episodes. Sign up for the last of the um, USO series where Matt and I are going to talk about those lessons learned from the past year for us and also vision cast of how we hope to be better and uh, apply those lessons to our marriage and family moving forward. Um, it is kind of in the next week and a half as this episode is launching. So in the first two weeks of June is that last of the series. We would love to have you guys there live where you can submit questions and we will excitedly answer them. So um, I hope you are well. I hope your, your kids are doing well. I hope your families are strong or getting stronger. Thank you for joining me. It's an honor to serve you this year. Thank you for listening to the Life Giver podcast. If you're enjoying these episodes, please share the podcast with other service couples that may benefit from the show. If you'd like more information about me or Life Giver, head on over to coreyweathers.com or life-giver.org. Thank you.